0: Welcome to another episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, the most exclusive firm in Australia for health practitioners. Today, we are going to look at some quickfire items when you as a vendor are selling your practice and the immediate legal considerations you need to think of. Alrighty. So, firstly though, update on the ADX next week which we will be there. Um, Reach out, make uh, some time to catch up, have coffee, sit down, discuss what you're up to with your practice and your practicing future, be it you're starting up, selling, buying, or have employee or HR matters you want to discuss, or if you just want to have a chat about the mighty bombers, (laughs) let's get back to it so exit strategies even if even for a new practice it's best to think about these things real early so i like to say i like to get everything ready at the start if you're if you're a startup or you're buying a practice you want to get this this stuff ready to start but look this this episode should really really uh be considered by the vendor clients of ours selling their practices. So, for if you, for established practices, if you if you don't necessarily look after these matters and you don't consider them really when you're when you're considering to sell, uh, this poor management can mean a, a, quite a messy exit for you. So, think of them when you are thinking of selling. And so we'll go through these four to five key immediate legal considerations, and they are, well, what are you actually selling? Number one, what are you selling? What assets are you selling? What's included in your sale? Are you selling the entire practice, be it a plant equipment, goodwill, intellectual property? Or are you, are you looking at selling 50% or 25% of your practice? And is that a, a, an interest in the practice? Or if you have a company trust set up Is that a uh, a sale of shares and units in that company or trust to the proposed purchaser? Employees, are they terminating or transferring? That's number two. Real big consideration there because that affects the bottom line, the dollar when you're buying and selling. Tax. This is a big one again. Speak to your accountant. They're they're the the figures team. Um, GST, capital gains, and the subject to where you are in Australia. Stamp duty, more of a purchaser's obligation. But look, it still needs to be figured. It still needs to be factored in to the contract. Restraint of trade. Are you clearing out, full stop, or do you have another practice close by? Even a, cl- a practice within a possible restraint distance, a radial distance. And finally, are you, a, are you going to consult back to the purchaser after settlement? And also, if you're selling 100% of your practice, or uh, and, and are you assisting the, pur- the purchaser in the lead up to uh, settlement? So let's go back to the start of that. And that was what are you selling? What's included in the sale? What's included in the sale of your practice? So you know you've got to agree on the price, and the price well that's got to include something, business names, intellectual property, stock. Stock is often uh, omitted from negotiations, it's particularly in internal negotiations when you have an associate come up and want to just uh, and you want to sell to them either a percentage or or the entire entire practice. So. Make make sure stock is factored in to whether it's a it's a it's a purchase price or plus per, plus stock to the purchase price, uh, the goodwill of course, the plant equipment. Also, if you've conducted a fit out and you started up the um, the practice, or if you actually own the freehold premises, um, is the fit out is the fit out a a practice owned. Uh, yeah, an asset that the practice owns, or is it something that the landlord owns? It needs to be. That's very important if you've invested heavily in the fit out. The patient database, patient um, intellectual property, patient database records, service records, things like that. That they're, they're quantified more so into the intangibles. But that's the hundred percent sale price what that normally includes the shares and unit sales There's, they are of course slightly different because you're buying in because the you are selling part of your your, your entities part of your structure as compared to selling assets. So number two was the the employees. Love employee work, love the employees, and what we need to do with employees. How do we deal with these employees? Are they transferring or are they terminating? Do, do, do. The, unfortunately, the purchaser may not want to take on the employees. However, they might want to take them all. And the the hard conversations that you have with these with the employees. Look, It's just inevitable if they are going to be taken on. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's inevitable and it's, it is commerce. So generally speaking, if the employees are transferring, their, their, their entitlements and their period of service is transferred to the, the purchaser and adjustments occur for the long service leave, sick leave and annual leave. Um percentage-based adjustments are negotiated between you and the uh, and the purchaser's lawyer, your lawyer and the purchaser's lawyer, whitehead legal and the purchaser's lawyer. If we're acting for the bin door, uh, don't pay things out. It's just it's just a no-go. Fair work come down like a ton of bricks. It's not strictly speaking, it's it's a, it's it's against fair work regulations to pay out. So let's just avoid from henceforth avoid conversations with any parties related to your practice sale about paying out employees. They need to be adjusted out of the sale price because the liabilities are transferred to the employees. You just need to factor that into your sale price as well because there may be, if you've got a significant uh, entitlement, for instance, a $50,000 sick leave entitlement that um, that needs to be adjusted, that won't be 100%, but it may be 50%. depends on what the negotiations. Uh, result in, but there may be a significant uh, deduction on a, on account of sick leave or all of all of your entitlements. So, yeah, factor that in. Think about it early. What's your liabilities? You're going to be asked uh, whether or not it's us for us. Well, we, that's one of our numero uno questions for vendors: is what is your entitlement status and uh, uh, d- any any uh, any purchasing lawyer worth uh, anything should be asking what their entitlements are. It's just it's but it's a fundamental due diligence item that needs to be factored into any commercial transaction. So bump, that's that item. The next big item is tax bump I'm really into the bump uh, today, which is um, bizarre. <laughs> so uh, tax. Yeah, tax, again, you, your lawyer, Whitehead Legal, works with your accountant to make sure that you have a tax-effective uh, practice sale agreement. Um, but it really is your accountant to adjudicate on tax, of course. The GST and capital gains are their big issues to consider. Uh, GST, if, if GST applies, um, the purchase price, of course, is going to be... Going to be impacted by that by that percentage, the ten percent um, additional payment the purchase has to make. Um, that's only that's GST is triggered when there are different elements of the um, of the practice that are lacking in the sale. So there's no going concern. Um, GST is a whole different <laughs> ish, uh, matter that I'll, I could discuss at length with on a separate episode, but just. For the avoidance of doubt, uh, speak to your account, speak to your lawyers, make sure that you have a going concern. So it's and it, which is of course it's more uh, attractive for a purchaser if you are offloading your uh, your practice as a going concern. Capital gains is um, you might be eligible to some concessions. That's really up to your accountant to figure that out. But look, just be aware of them. Ba-ba, ba-ba. Next item. Restraints, practice restraints. This is uh, an interesting one because uh, there again, there's, there's literature um, on both uh, vendor practice restraints and employee practice restraints. That's the key distinction um, in the literature, which and, and there is, um, <laughs> uh, there's out there information that's saying that these, these practice restraints aren't enforceable. Rest assured if they are drafted appropriately. Then they are enforceable more so on the on the vendor side of things than the employee side of things. So let's focus on the vendor side of things rather than the employee side of things. If these practice, if there is a, if there is consideration paid for your practice, so you're being so was buying your practice, and there is a reasonable practice restraint that is drafted in an enforceable manner, and that's dependent on that's state-based drafting dependent. Um, what legal operates in all states and can and, uh, assist in all states of Australia on but more particularly the restraint drafting is state-based which is complex in itself for practitioners to consider if they are moving into state so and they have seen some drafting in say Victoria which is more of a waterfall style compared to New South Wales really different the um, the actual uh, restraint needs to be needs to be reasonable, and which is subjective. But it's if it's drafted properly, they are enforceable. So that you just need to be mindful of that. The if you're going to breach that, then you might come under significant heat from the purchaser's uh, lawyer for breaches uh, of the practice restraints, and yeah, you could end up uh, being sued for damages for, for, uh, for quite a significant amount. So I again avoid it in, in like playing in general um, but the um just, just just be aware that they are enforceable the restraints are enforceable uh, if they are properly drafted and they are reasonable so leave it as that just it's just a just to keep that in mind if you've got a practice actually if you've got a practice nearby um, or if you uh, say if you've got a metro and a regional practice um, look that's it's, it's if let's talk about uh, Waterloo and uh, uh, some somewhere Blue Mountains, Wentworth Falls. If practices there uh, the distance there would be would more than likely be too far a radial distance to be uh, be an issue for your, your proposed restraint. And in any event, you would be negotiating your practice restraint to be. Um, uh, to not include that that, that regional uh, practice compared to your metro practice. However, some some of our um, of our clientele have practices have, have numerous metro practices. So how to deal with that? There's exclusions to your your um, practice registration. The if you're and if you're a vendor who has multiple practices, you want to see those exclu- exclusions. Within the practice restraint clauses, and also for transparency, it needs to be proffered to the, any purchase that you have these interests. And of course, your your advisors will be able to assist in getting those, um, getting the sale of that that you want, with to factoring in that you may have an interest quite close by to the practice sale. That's that's speak to your practice broker, speak to your accountant on that. But for drafting and making sure that you can still practice at that that, uh, metro practice close by, yeah, of course, that needs to be drafted properly. And that's speak to Whitehead Legal. The next item is the final one. And I just wanted to touch base on whether or not you're consulting back to get back to the purchaser after settlement and whether or not you're assisting them leading up to settlement. So we'll start on the, we'll go uh, chronologically here. Let's say you've signed the contract and you have a have seven day uh, assistance period leading up to set, the settlement date. Um, so just be mindful when you're thinking of selling uh, whether or not you want to offer uh, a for uh, the the assistance period is not necessarily meant to be surgical or oper- operational. It's more meant to be business uh, business assist, uh, um, assistance, which. Uh, Gives the purchaser the ability to come into the practice, put the business hat on, rather than the surgical hats. Not meant to be a mentoring role for operational; it's meant to be for, you know, going through the uh, the business manuals, policies and procedures, and all that, getting them uh, ready to essentially take over your practice from day one, rather than the purchaser having to do this on the first day that they they've settled. Of course, it just it is an easier flow for the. Um, purchasers to come in to have an assistance period with you and factor that in. Make if you don't want to don't want to do it, then you just have to be mindful that it's something that still might be asked uh, later down the line. And consulting after settlement, that is the that is something that might that might be uh, uh, a deal breaker if, if you don't if meet a purchaser who wants you consulting after settlement and you do want to consult after settlement. So just be mindful what you want to do after settlement. Do you want to practice Two years after settlement and then move on from your practice, or do you want to clear out from the settlement date and not come back to your, your practice? Again, be mindful of what you what you want to do. This is what you are selling. And of course, you dictate the terms, but they need to be reasonable. The you can't be you can't, you'll find a you'll you'll scare off purchases if you find if you have unreasonable terms. Um remember all those five points. It's really legal information It's just consideration for what you want and what how you should go about when you are uh, your considerations when you are selling practice early. Consider these are those five items, key five items, early. They're immediate legal considerations. But this podcast, of course, it's just legal information, not advice. So call moi, Julian Whitehead. I'm a partner of Whitehead Legal, and I exclusively advise, exclusively advise. Health professional throughout Australia. My contact details again will be in the description. I usually post this weekly on LinkedIn. So you can contact me via LinkedIn if you if you wish to discuss any item here. Happy to have a, have a discussion about this. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Health boy Podcast with Julian Whitehead. <laughs>